can maybe just come up quickly. Um, so um, um, Mike has done an excellent introduction. I just felt the Lord wanted me just to pause there for a moment. So as you learned how to can come. Um, so Marty and I, um, by His grace, we are happily mar married, uh, and, and so we have, we, we've been married for 24 years now. And um, John is uh, turning nine now in a few weeks, uh, and um, we we were part of this congregation in, uh, from 99 until 2019. So we were here for 20 years. It's just so good to see what the Lord has done. And so we trusted the Lord for John for many years. And, and um, many of you trusted with us. And, and so can you believe here he is? <laughs> so, thanks so much. And after 20 years, we had the privilege of planting in Paul, and the Lord is doing great things there. But it's so good to be here and just see what the Lord is doing. And it's a testimony of Christ. Like all of our lives are, it's a testimony of grace. So um, there's somebody getting baptized. Can I just see who that is? Just the sochut, man. Come on, that's incredible. That's that is so. Um, I think uh, I think every baptism is is incredibly exciting. It's this moment where faith and action meets. You know, the Lord is a Lord where where it's not just about putting up the hand and and saying God, I believe in you, but it's actually something where the Lord wants us to take a step and. And the baptism is that public step where it says, yes, Lord, I'm all in. It's an incredible, incredible thing. And, and, and every one of us, we shouldn't, we shouldn't, thank you, Mark. Maybe, maybe I should just have some more spare. So if you run out, I mean, you just run to the front and grab some more, right? Um, so, um, but, but, but just on the baptism, you know, if, if you haven't been baptism, uh, if you haven't been baptism, if you haven't been baptized, are you not going to do Yes! I will you have a plan for tonight. Come on, Richard. You can't miss it. So um, it is an incredibly, incredibly exciting thing. And, 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 and I remember my baptism. It changed me from night to day. It, it made such a difference. And it wasn't something where I could say, like this and this happened. I just know that something happened, you know. I, I don't even, and this morning there's something available for you. If you haven't been baptized publicly as a believer, if you put your faith in Jesus, you need to be baptized. And that is just the way this road starts. And if you're wondering this morning why you get stuck and you haven't been baptized, it's a good place to start. What's your head, Dirk? This was not so good. Come on. Just, it's good to see the faces. Now, um, there might be some visitors here that are saying, what on earth is happening here? And why are you doing what, you, what you're doing? And I just want to encourage you. Like, God is so for you. And I don't know who came with her. Um, I, I don't know that this morning there are, are more foreign faces than there are known faces to me just, uh, just because of what the Lord has done. But if you are here and, and, and you are wondering, like, what on earth? Why are they doing and what are they doing? I just want to encourage you. It's just remain tender in your heart. Okay. If you are here with the, just remain tender. I, I know that in the Bible, there were things where, where people were looking at Jesus. I mean, they're looking at God himself in the flesh. Um, and they were asking exactly the same question. Who is this? Why is he doing these things? By what authority is he doing? But they came from two different angles. Some came from a critical angle and they didn't hear anything. They didn't get anything. And some came from a tender, from an inquisitive, from a, and they got everything. 
And I just want to encourage you this morning, if, if there are things that are difficult to process, just keep tenderness in your heart, all right? I think you'll be doing well. Um, so my preach this morning, uh, I think is from the Lord. I think the Lord is in this. And, um, and, uh, and it's especially for Mike and the Liverpool supporters. Uh, it's, it's, I, I wanted to say in loving memory. Um, so so I, I'm, not, I'm not a big um, soccer, uh, um, what's it? Uh, uh, um, I, I'm not watching soccer really. Um, whatever you call that. Uh, uh, but yeah. But I know that, that the Liverpool guys are not doing great at the moment, but they used to. <laughs> but they've got a slogan where they say, you'll never walk alone. And I just felt that the Lord is telling every one of us this morning, you will never walk alone. You'll never walk alone. Write that down. If you've got something, um, I, I just believe that, uh, that the Lord has that and has that as an invitation, has that as a promise, has that as an encounter for us this morning. You know, that um, this morning, I'm not the special person in the room, nor, nor is the worship leader or anyone else that was, that was dealing here. Um, to some extent, all of us are special, yes, but there is one special person, is Jesus. And the nice thing about Jesus is, He is right here in reality, right now, ready to meet with you and me. You know that I was at the conference, and the Lord wonderfully ministered to me. And certain fears and anxieties and pressures and stuff that I've had at the beginning of the conference, I just felt how he washed over me. And it's one of the reasons why you have to be at a conference is Jesus personally comes to wash you there. And he does it here too. He does it in the communities. and But it's a different way. There's a different grace. There's a different power. There's a different something about Jesus, the almighty creator, where he wants to minister. We can't afford to miss those people. We have to make every effort to try and be there. But he's here this morning. And the king who watched me last week wants to encounter me again. He wants to minister to me. And I really need it. And I know that though I've prepared and though I'm bringing this what I think the Lord is speaking, I am so ready to receive from the Lord at the very same time. Are you ready? Because I'm ready. All right? It, this, is, this is about bringing a few words Helping our spirits to encounter the living one. Okay? But if we miss the encounter, if we listen to the words, but we miss the encounter, we have missed the morning. Okay? Uh, it, it, there is a very, very special person. This preach is about him. Now, Liverpool says you'll never walk alone. And they say it probably from a place where they say, wherever you go in the world, there'll be some Liverpool supporters. Wherever you are in the, in, in the UK or wherever, you'll find some people and you will never be alone. Why would a sports team say you'll never walk alone? You know that, that sometimes when, 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 when um, a young man and a young woman, they'll meet one another and they really have, have, have feelings for one another, what they would like to say is, listen, I'll always be with you. I'll stay with you. You'll never walk alone. But it comes from a sincere hard to bless someone, to be with someone. And the reason why, why sports teams can say that and clubs can say that and, and Liverpool could say that and, 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 and all kinds, the same reason why it's promised at marriages and all these things is because we've got a legitimate need to belong. We want to be part. That's the reality. We don't want to be alone. We want to be part of a winning team. We want to be part of something successful. We want to be part of a family. We do not want to be found alone. And we were created like that. So this morning, if it feels like, no, I don't care. I can be alone. Some people are easier alone. But the reality is, 
all of us want to be part of something. We can squash it, but we need to belong. And the sad thing, the sad reality in our world is this. That though many promise it very, 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 very sincerely. I mean, like, when people get married, they don't promise the other one, we'll stick together forever. I'll never leave you with the intent of not doing that. They give it the best shot. But the sad reality is, when it depends on the people, you will walk alone. Okay? Now, to some extent, God has given us the church so that we never have to walk alone. All right? We are given as a gift to one another. And the church is an incredible, incredible thing. It is the thing that Jesus died for. Um, the Bible says it, it, it is the thing in the world that upholds truth. It, it, it is the pillar of truth. It, the church is that which guards truth in totality. It's, it's such an incredible thing in the world. The church is the bride of Christ. It is the thing God will get married to. It is the thing that, 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 that is His body. The church is, is the fullness of Him. Can you imagine God saying, I'm by myself, not the fullness, but the church is the fullness of me. And, and, and the church is something where we really, really uh, need to give our lives to, where we can experience Jesus, where we get ministered to, and, and, and where eventually this will be the, the great prize. The church is the chosen vessel, how God wants to show how wise, how clever he is. He wants to demonstrate to the heavenlies, to the angels, to the demons, to everybody. He wants to show how clever he is through the church. That's what the Bible says. But the point of this preach this morning is not to expound on that. The point of the preach is to say, even this incredible thing about the church, at times, you in the church might feel you're walking alone. Because there are people, broken people, people who are growing, people who are still trying to figure it out, that are part of the church, and they will make you, maybe make you, if you're unlucky, Maybe not. Maybe it's there for everybody. But the point is the church in itself at this stage is not able to guarantee that you will never walk alone, although it's the intention. You might actually have felt you were alone in, 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 a, in a church. You might even feel it now. But the point of this preach is God wants to say, no, I personally, personally want to guarantee you that if you come to me on my terms, you will never walk alone. All right, And I want to, as incredible as the church is, I, I want us to look at Christ. And Christ will come through the church, yes. And He will continue to do that, yes. And He will meet your needs through the church, yes. But in those moments and in those times, when in the church we get hurt or disappointed or it looks like we are alone, there is somebody who is closer than the church, closer than your brother, closer and this is the point. I want to talk this morning about a very, very special person. He came as a man, but he's more than a man. I mean, this, this God that wants, to, that wants to guarantee closeness this morning is so much more as the man that came and was crucified. Um, not as if he wasn't completely in Jesus, but, but we sometimes get stuck to the man the, the, the manifestation of God in the flesh, the Jesus of 33 years on earth, but we miss the one who's sustaining the Son with His Word right now, 
who, who upholds even his enemies by, the, by his mighty word of power, who upholds all integrity, who upholds all truth, who upholds, upholds everything, who is able to mention um, um, like the, 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 the amount of hairs on our heads, the, the thoughts of our hearts, who's able to speak any language and, 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 and just, just, just come sure on every promise. That God, that Jesus, who, who says, unlimited are the possibilities within me. That God says, I want you to always be with me. I want you. It's not you need me. So um, um, when, when, when um, we got John, I mean, my heart was so full. We had waited for him so long. I mean, my, that was, which was in my heart, and I'm sure that, that the parents can vouch for this. Uh, my heart was full of this. I'll give everything for you. Without blinking an eye, I live that, that you will come through. This is the way that it felt. And as parents, we would say, you, my child, as long as I'm here, you will never walk alone. I'll always be there for you. That's what's in the heart of a parent, isn't it? But um, um, David says, my mom and dad at times might forsake me. It's like the best intention on earth might fail me. And... Um, but the Lord. So this, this person, um, which, which I'm talking about this morning, is really the one who makes the world go around. And, and, um, and this Jesus, and this is actually incredible, because on the one hand, I'm speaking about God as a person, but on the other hand, we're dealing with three persons, right? And all, to some extent, equally incredible. I mean, I mean they're so incredibly united that it Feels like they should be one person, but actually they're three persons. So let me, let me say God the Father is an incredible person, but God the Son, Jesus, is an incredible person. And Holy Spirit, oh, my hat. He's such an incredible, oh, I don't have a hat, but, but just, um, <laughs> my hat is lost. I, don't <laughs> I lost my hat, but the Holy Spirit is still here. And um, it's just like, he's such an incredible, incredible spirit who is so for us, so humble, so serving. God is an incredible, incredible God. And this God, and let's start with Jesus now, but they're so united in this that if I'm speaking for Jesus, I'm speaking for all three of them. This Jesus came to write a, life, a love letter. He came to write a love letter in his own blood to every one of us. By name, he would be able to say, I want you to be near to me. I want you to be near, I want you to be near to me. And he could go around the room and just repeat that. And the Bible says, God desires all men to be saved and come to a knowledge of the truth. What is the truth? Well, a number of things, but one of the things is that you cannot get to him. He needs to help you. And the way he helps you is just one way. Jesus is his name. And that person wants to come and washes of our sins, as Mike said, I actually heard that I should come and help um, with a preach this morning and just, they're low on numbers. But when I heard Mike, I thought, no, oh, Mike is already, <laughs> I can go home now. Mike has already got the preach. Okay, but in any case, so there's an incredible God that says, um, you can come and I want you, but you can't come on your own terms. You know, there are royal words. You might have heard them. And I, and I quickly want to repeat them. And then I want to say why I believe they are royal. They belong to a king. These are the words, I will do it my way. 
I will do it my way. And, and, and some of you might know that there are songs um, written about this. And inherently, many of us feel that in our heart. I'll do it my way. I'll do it. I want to do it my way. If I had a church, I would do it my way. If I had a school or whatever, I, I, would, I would do it my way. I would do world my way. The problem is those royal words belong to one. They belong to the Lord. And that the moment that our way is not His way, we've got a problem. We've got a serious problem. As a matter of fact, the Bible teaches us this is the problem in the world. Is we wanted to do life our way. And God says, I'll do it my way. Finito. Finished. There is no other way that is going to work. No other way. I'm not bowing, says the Lord. Either you bow or we will not walk together. Okay. So our God that, that says, I want you to walk with me is on the one hand so incredibly merciful, passionate for us, but he's so incredibly fair and just, and he is not going to change his way. He's just going to stick to it. So many times when we do it our way, we find we are walking alone, and then we wonder, why am I walking alone? And so the guarantee is not, you can go on with your life, and I'll follow you, says God, and wherever you go, whether you sin or not, whether you do it your way or not, i.e., not my way, I'm just going to stick with you. <laughs> no, no, that's not, that's not the gospel, and that's not what I see God is saying. And I, and I think if we think that, we are missing the king, and we might be wondering why we are missing the king. Look, something like baptism isn't our way. It's Jesus' command. We get joy because we do it His way. We get life and fellowship when we are in His way. Bowing the knee to the ultimate king, acknowledging that I will do it my way is reserved for one, and that's God alone, and the rest of us do it His way, is the only way to life. You only can bow and acknowledge that Jesus Christ, sent from the Father, Paying for all of humanity is the way of life. That's it. It's the way of God. It's the only way of God. It's the only way you and I can be happy, can have life. This is it. If we don't bow to what he thinks about church, we will miss out. If we don't buy uh, into what he says about life, the rest of all of our existence, lonely is the road that, he, that, that we're going to be on. The invitation will always be open, but the road is going to be lonely until we bow the knee. Amen. That's, isn't it incredible, God? He just holds the line. And the thing which is, which, is, which is beautiful about this is God was dreaming about us being with Him before we existed. We, didn't fir we, we were not lonely first before He thought, let, let me make a plan for them. And, 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 the, and the reconciliation of God, the Getting back to God, the Jesus act was planned before we fell away. So there was a God who was thinking about dealing with a problem before the problem existed. It says he prepared Jesus already to bring all of us back. What we, what we have in Father God is somebody who is looking out for every one of us, whether we'll be coming back. He's, he's like dreaming of us being with him. 
That's what he's, he's, he's the father who's already preparing the party before the son has come back. He's the one who is like, everything is ready for you and I to walk with him. And some of us are really doing well with this. And for some of us, we might never have bowed the knee. Um, yeah. So <laughs> I'm trying to, 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 to see where I go from here. But um, when, when God says, you will never walk alone, he says, on my terms, I'll always be with you. Um, I want to live life with you. I want to live life through you, but it will always be this, which, which it says in John 15, it, it says, if you abide in me, abide in me, I will abide in you. Stay in me, okay? If you don't stay, you'll have a problem. Now, um, one of the examples, and, and maybe, maybe you've heard like, God will love me um, no matter what I do, and etc. And it is the truth that God loves us, all right? I get that. But the, the difficulty is we will need to reconcile the fact that God loves us and departs from us at the same time, okay, if we don't. So um, God sent many, many people throughout the years to come and help, to come and preach, to come and lead his people. One of them was someone called Samson. I just want to remind us that Samson was incredibly anointed uh, 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 by God. He, he did things that have never been done in the Bible. So much power was there in this man, like physical power. He was not a bodybuilder, but he acted like he was uh, uh, this, this absolute superhero, you know? It's the things which Samson did, I don't think have ever been replicated ever. And, and he was prophesied before he was born. The Spirit came upon him powerfully, and he was this mighty deliverer of Israel. Um, he had a few instructions, things that he shouldn't be doing, but it were a few things. I think it was three of them. They were simple instructions. But through his life, he systematically started to violate them, okay? And he violated the first, and God did nothing, and he violated the second, and God did nothing. But it is written, and, and, and I just wrote up this, this last, sort of the end of, 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 of this progression, um, at, at this stage, some of you might know the story, but he's, he's with a woman that he shouldn't be with, and she cut his hair, and they were never supposed to be cut. And this Delilah, she, um, she got him into this ambush, um, and they were these enemies. They have been trying for many, many years to capture him. Like you and I would have enemies that in many, many years would try and catch us and catch us and catch us. And it says that Samson heard that Delilah said, the Philistines are upon you. And he was jumping up and he said, I'm just going to beat them like I beat them before. I, I know the track record. The past 20 years, I was invincible. But there's this tragic line that says, but Samson did not know that the Lord had departed from him. You know that you can actually have the Spirit of the Lord depart from you. You can have the Spirit, legitimate. You can work mighty, mighty, mighty wonders, legitimate. But there's a way in which God can depart from you. And if and if we walk brazenly in sin, that betekent net aan, ons neek net voort. There can come a time where the Lord departs you, but you're oblivious. You think it's just going to be like it was the day before. Samson did not know. And I do think we need to, we need to remind one another of that. We could actually be in a place to say, the Lord is with me, the Lord is with me, the Lord is with me. But the Lord is not with you. 
Would you know it if the Lord is not with you? Like, honestly, would you know it? Are you, are you close enough this morning that, you, that you're confident God is with me? He has not departed from me. Now, in a, in a way, God is with everybody on earth. I know, but this is not what I'm referring to. I'm not talking about a, a God is there, but it's sort of like at a distance. I'm, I'm talking like, are you and God together or are you missing Him in some way? Now, um, I, I want us to read a few scriptures um, from um, the book of Judges. And Gideon, um, he comes in. Gideon is also one of the judges. And, and in the time of Gideon, like in all of the judges, you get the pattern. The people of Israel, they forget the Lord. They don't do what He says. They go into problems. God has mercy. He raises up someone. They get closer to the Lord. And then it fades again and the cycle repeats. So Gideon is in a time when it's going bad with Israel. Say with me, bad with Israel. That's right. And, and so um, there, there comes a prophet, and, and verse 8, the prophet says, on behalf of God, he speaks, I brought you up, thus says the Lord. I led you up from Egypt. Next verse. I delivered you um, from the Egyptians. Verse 10. And I said to you, specific things, last line, but you have not obeyed my voice. This is, the, this is the pattern. God comes, God delivers, God brings us, we get saved, we start following, He starts speaking to us, and at some stage, we lose what He's saying. We don't do what He's saying. And that is the beginning of the decline. You know that our God is a scary, scary God. What is that? He doesn't bow to us. And if we start not doing, if we start disobeying, if, we, if he says, okay, um, here we're at the crossroads, I want you to go right, and we go left, okay? I'm not putting this as a heavy, I'm just saying that, that if we don't do what he says, he'll be waiting there, and you go wherever you shouldn't have gone, he'll be waiting there. He's not coming after you. The, obviously, the question for you and I is, how quickly do we find out, like, Lord, like, why do I feel so alone? In any case, um, this is what the prophet said. This is what the Lord says. And similar to us at the crossroads, this is what Gideon felt. So the angel of the Lord comes in verse 11. Now the angel of the Lord comes, and this is God in person. Some would say this is Jesus actually visiting Gideon. And, and this angel of the Lord, whoever that is, comes to Gideon. Um, and Gideon is hiding. And you know what the angel says in verse 12? God is with you. Right? You'll never walk alone. But the appropriate response from Gideon we find in verse 13. Hear yourself in this. Sir, if the Lord is with us, why? If God is really with us, why am I beating the grain in the wine press. Why am I running from my enemies? Why are all these things happening? Now, we know the clue is just a few verses early. We've stopped obeying the voice, all right? But it's still the natural progression that we do feel like, why am I in trouble if God is with me? Why is life not easier? Why are my enemies defeating me rather than me defeating the devil? And then the Lord, without going into much of the why, because he has spoken that, and he doesn't go into that detail for now. He, in verse 14, the Lord says the following. The Lord turned to him and said, and he just says this, Go in this your might, have I not 
sent you. Gideon says, oh, Lord, how can I do this? He starts looking to himself. He says, I'm the weakest. I can't do this. Um, but the Lord um, doesn't, doesn't uh, say anything except the following. Verse 16, I'll be with you. Okay. He says, I'm sending you. I'll be with you. I'm sending you. I'll be with you. It's like Matthew 28. Eh? I'm sending you. I'll be with you. The, the, the presence of the king is the empowerment that we need for life. Okay? This, all of this life is, us, is for us to find again what we lost. It is to be satisfied that he is with us. Whether we're in the wilderness or in the paradise, it's irrelevant as long as we are with him. This is, this is the core thing that we have to regain, satisfaction that God is with us. And what, what, the, what, he, what the Lord tells Gideon here is, um, I am telling you to go, i.e., listen to what I'm saying, then my presence will be with you. And what's, what's incredible is as Gideon bows to that, and as he humbly submits to the process, God starts to do magnificent, miraculous salvation things um, through him, and he actually saves the nation. And you know what? That if the Lord this morning really would be with you and I, salvation would come to our neighbors, to our friends, to our people, okay? And we need that. We don't want those that we love to not get to where Jesus is. But it depends on how close our ear is to his heart, to his mouth. So this morning, um, uh, uh, God really wants us to, to get away from a place of forsakenness. David at some stage says, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? Jesus at, at some stage, he cries that, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? He does that at the cross. But Jesus actually came for that very purpose, to take those words, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? And illegally take it out of our vocabulary and bring us to a place where we never have to be forsaken. Right? Jesus comes and he takes that cry. It's a very normal cry. It's something that we regularly feel. Sometimes we thought the Lord had to come through in a specific way. We feel disappointed. We feel like God should have. I understood God would have, but he didn't. And we feel like, God, why have you forsaken me? This morning, um, God saying, you will never walk alone doesn't mean that you will not experience the desert or to some extent that you will never hunger or thirst. What it does mean is that in it, I'm going to be with you. I was in St. Petersburg at some stage. Um, we were there on, on an outreach. And as I walked, there was this dead little bird lying on the ground. And I thought of the scripture that says, this bird didn't fall to the ground without my father knowing it. And as I was looking to this bird, I, I didn't feel well in my heart. I said, God, I mean, I mean you knew that this bird would die in, 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 in St. Petersburg. Um, and you knew about it, but what did it help the little bird? Okay. This, it didn't help the bird. The bird is still dead. Um, and as I, as I said that, I felt like, okay, I'm, I'm, I'm somehow, in, <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm taking the wrong path here. But I didn't understand. It was like I was processing this in the Lord, and I felt like, God, the fact that you knew didn't help the little bird. Uh, was, was somehow I said something wrong, but I didn't understand why. And I want to share it with you that you understand what is wrong in that thinking. The following is wrong. God told me that morning 
is it made all the difference that I knew. And what he said is that your outcome of life and death, what you think the outcome should be, is not the main thing. It is whether I am with you or not with you. That makes the difference. And it's not whether you live or whether you die. The guarantee about um, this, what God is saying, is not that you will be without hardship if I am with you. Or even that I guarantee you won't die. As a matter of fact, the Bible says it's precious when those walking with the Lord die in Him. And he, he writes to some churches, listen here, some of you will die. At the conference there was a preach uh, that, that, that said, the call will have a cost. And for some it will be their lives. Our understanding of you will never walk alone is like I will never die. But that's not what God is saying. God is saying for me to be with you is more precious than for you to remain alive here on earth. Don't make the mistake of trying to save your earthly life but losing my presence. It's worth less to remain alive than having me. Or other words, I am worth more than remaining life here on earth. Make sure that you don't miss this. Okay? So, you'll never walk alone means just this. You'll never walk alone with a king. It's not, it's not complicated. Um, and it's not a guarantee against uh, difficulties. It's just this. The fellowship will always be there. The wisdom will always be there. The conversation will always be there. The love will always be there. It will be so available. Not only will it be available, but it will steadily grow brighter and brighter like the sun rising in your life if we do it His way. Right. I just felt that for, for some of us, um, there's, there's, uh, there's a verse in Jeremiah that's applicable. And this is the time where it's between you and God. So, so try and zone out from me speaking and, and, and just, just focus on, on what the Spirit of God wants to do in your heart. I really do believe that, that many of us are running well and we are loving the King and we are with Him. As a matter of fact, um, coming here this morning, I, I felt momentum um, with regard to people singing to Jesus and loving, lo loving Him well and giving their lives. And that's beautiful. It's a sweetness in the Spirit. And, and I want to commend you for that, many of you. Um, but, but it's not about just savoring that we've got a few good things. It's about going deeper, going more. And I felt that um, the Lord just wanted to lift this verse in Jeremiah 2.2. And this verse was given as God was speaking to the nation of Israel. But I want us all just to listen to it. Thus says the Lord, I remember the devotion of your youth. Your love as a bride how you followed me in the wilderness, in a land not sown. And I just feel that for some of us, we've been through the land not sown and, and through the wilderness. But there were, were, were the hardship or maybe just the time that passed took the gloss of the love. The shine is not quite there. The tears are maybe not as close or the excitement is maybe not that much anymore. This morning, for you and for me, the Lord wants to make it fresh. And the nice thing about our God is we don't have to climb a mountain to prove our love. We have to bow the knee and allow Jesus to wash our feet. And it gets restored right here, right now, 
as if it's the very first day. And this morning, maybe there is something where you've endured and you've done well. This is for you too. And maybe for you this morning, you have never been able to let go of that steering wheel of your life. Maybe you've never even heard the uh, uh, message where it said you have to let go. My friend, in Jesus, my brother, my sister, potentially, God has a something special, a place where he wants every sin that you've ever done to be under his work, under his covering, under his care, with his eraser washing that out. But it comes as we submit. It comes as we bow. So maybe, maybe you can just come up, Marty, and... and, 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 and uh, Give us, give us, give us some some notes there on the on the keyboard, and and for the rest of us, we can just take a moment, allow the spirit, just polish, to just love, to just wash, and get us to this place. And I want us to be praying together.